This has been an incredible week for Rochelle and I. We've had my daughter Jessie back there. Raise your hand, honey. That's my girl. That's my oldest girl there. And my grandkids, I got all four of my grandkids, Kobe, Gavin, Fiona, and little Smilo Milo. And Eric led worship for us this morning, a little praise offering for Eric. Yeah. We had a family reunion over the last couple of days, and there were 30 of us running around, and God was just doing amazing things in and amongst all that was going on. It's like overwhelming. I said this last week. It's overwhelming that every person that you look at, you just are so crazy in love with. It's like everywhere. And some of them you just met for the first time because they're little ones. We had like six or eight three-year-olds, didn't we? Like three-year-olds. All of them were three. It's like we could have had an adventure camp for three-year-olds in the last two days. It was just amazing. But you know what? In each of the lives that were there, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, there's lots of stuff. The song that we just sang, you know, Waymaker, Promise Keeper. All of that, all of that that we grab a hold of as it relates to Christ is birthed in faith. Amen? It's birthed in faith. It's like faith is foundational. Everybody has faith in something. Whatever your belief system is, you're placing faith in it. You know what? Atheists have a faith. As a matter of fact, it takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to be a follower of Christ. Follow me. Amen? But that faith, you got some people that just won't move from that place because they sense in their knower that that's right. And they're walking and living and breathing in that faith. So what you place or have you foundationally in place, faith, whatever that is, is hypercritical. Like, do we really believe he's the way maker? Do we really believe he's the promise keeper? Do we really believe that even though we don't see it, he's working? Even though we don't feel it, he's working? Amen? Do we really have our faith in that? Because it's foundational to our being able to come to truth when we place our faith there and watch God show himself in the process of that. And what does that do to your faith? Bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, Christ has been uh, pursuing me since I was a little guy. Like a little guy. Like I, I remember like five years old or so uh, praying, asking God, like, who are you? Are you really there? And, and I just sensed he was. I wasn't in a real, uh, let's just put it this way. My family was Lutheran, and, and, which is awesome. But we didn't talk about God much. We just... You knew there was a God, and that's just the way it is. Well, that's what I was taught, but I had faith that there was. From the earliest of ages, I just had faith that there was. I didn't have to wrestle with it, and it fits so easily, but things have been growing and growing and growing. I can see where he has been at in my life all throughout, regardless of the things I was If I was off his path, if I was on his path, he was there if I think about where he was in the process of that. And there were some really dark times where if I would have been God, I would have left me alone. (laughs) Let's just just put it like that. I would have probably run the other way. But God never left me. You know what? He never leaves anyone. He desires that not one person would perish, that we would all come to life in him. Amen? All of us. Those are even the ones you don't like. 
which might be a couple of them. Right on? He loves us all so much. But it starts from a place of faith. Does he really love me? Man, if you don't have faith that he loves you, you're going to be hitting a train wreck soon. Because you blame things on God. You're going to have arguments. Believe me, he, he can handle it. But he's still going to love you. He's not going to go anywhere. But he's testing your faith. Man, faith testing is what life is all about. Isn't it? I mean, I'm going to grab a hold. The more I learn about faith, the more I celebrate the promises of God. The more I'm hungry to know more about what his promises are, because I can say to those promises, no matter what's going on around me, there's a yes and an amen in it. Right on? Yes and amen. So what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Like, that's like knowing something, but you can't see it. Having the assurance that it is real without having it to be proven to you. Ooh. What comes first, faith or the proof? Huh? It's not faith without... If it's proof, then it's not faith. But from the birthing of faith, you'll know truth. Because faith will show you truth. Amen? Right on? So what else is it? It's the conviction of things not seen. Like, how many of you get an opportunity to see some spiritual visions? Few? One, few of us? Yeah, I, I want more of them. <laughs> Uh, I want more of them. He says in his word that we're going to get them, so I'm going to get more of them. I'm just not sure when. Praise God. But I know he's there. I know he's there. I know he's there. And I know he's there. Why do I know he's there? Because he was there when I te was tested in some of the toughest times. How am I ever said, how are we going to get through this? Ever been there? That's a good place. Because your faith is being challenged. Amen? But we have a conviction. What's a conviction? It's something that you don't move from, man. It's like it's in the center of you. Like my convictions. Man, the, the convictions of my heart are the foundations under which I live and move and breathe. And my convictions are that the promises of God are yes and amen for me. Those are my convictions. I'm not going to move from that place based on circumstances because that isn't faith. That's contrary. That's needing something to be proven out before I'll put my weight on it. I'll show, show you what false faith is. False faith was when I was 12 years old, I got braces. And what was neat about that, I was the smallest kid in my grade. And uh, they measured your jaw when they gave you braces. And my dentist told me I was going to be six feet tall. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm still waiting. <laughs> I used to get bullied on occasion because of size, but I was in the back of my mind thinking, just wait, it's coming. I had my faith in it. I did. I did. I can tell you I did. That person said it, and I believed it, and I walked in it. I was waiting and waiting and waiting, still waiting, Theo, still waiting, Theo. 
misappropriated faith. There's only one place to place our faith. That's the immovable, unshakable man of God who t- given us his word so that we can stand on his promises for our faith and they will prove themselves out. Amen? Let's keep going. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. We didn't hear him say it. We read about it. Did he really say it or didn't he really say it? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And if you got a doubt about that, you of little faith, come on, what are your convictions? He said it, he wrote it, I believe it. He did it. When he, did it he did it in seven days. Yep. Some of you would say, well, you know, based on science, I think it's this and this and this. Six, and then the seventh, he took a break. Some of you would say, well, no, I think that that was a day was a thousand years and a thousand years was a day. I don't care about all that. He created it in seven days. Got it? Let's move on. That's faith. It's not, you know, you don't need proof of that. You're never going to get to go back and find out what he did. You'll never be able to. He says that it's, let's keep going. I'm going to get ahead of myself. (laughs) By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. If it was made from things that were visible, it wouldn't have taken faith. So then it goes in verse 9, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Ooh. And for whoever draws near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. Or earnestly seek him. Like faith. Without faith. Like what's what faith look like? What are your faith? What are you putting your faith in? Man, I know that my future has a plan to it. It's destined to some greatness. He's given me some visions of some things in my life that are just absolutely amazing. I don't know how he's gonna do it, when he's gonna do it, but I'm just standing on it saying thank you, God, yes and amen. It's happening. It's going to happen. One of which is that we got, look at all these kids around here. Let's give a praise offering for kids, man. I'll tell you what. We love our kids. And we want, to tr- we want to do right by our kids as a body of Christ. I think we're called to. We should have just total excellence in our children's ministry. And, and Kelly and Jeremy have done just marvelous things with our kids over the last four years but we don't have enough space to take care of them correctly next door. We just don't. There's infants to 12-year-olds in that small square building over there. And here we've got COVID going on. They won't let us stay 10 people together and this far apart. We can't even take good care of them over there. But the Lord has given me a vision. We're going to have something else over there. It's something cool, too. And those kids are going to be so well cared for in space that's absolutely amazing. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it. But my faith says it's there. It's like already there. Amen? And we as a church need to come to an agreement in faith. This is our children we're caring for. We're going to place our faith and say yes and amen. Thank you, God, for the facilities for our young ones. Begin to speak it out. 
claim it over ourselves. It's a promise. He's given me the vision. He's given us the kids. We need to take good care of them. You know what else he's done? He showed me a vision of a huge sanctuary over here. Just like huge. And I am the last person that's about a building. I could care less, but he's given me a picture of one, and it's something crazy. And guess what? It's full. It's full of people. That's why he wants a bigger building, so we got more space for people. He's all about people. He's not about buildings. So I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of sheepish even to say it out loud because you're going to think, oh, now they're going to start a building campaign and this is going to be this about that church. And I'm like, forget about it. God's got it. Doesn't he, Paul? God's got it. He's got it. We just do our part and live and move and breathe in it. And God's going to do some great things. And it's not about the things. It's about the promises of God. He's going to take care of his kids. He's going to take care of you where you're at right now. There's a precious young man who's just got his new place. He just signed his lease yesterday, and he's, he's with us this morning. And he's, he's shaky on, like, I'm just coming out of life, right? I'm going into a new environment. You know, it's going to be challenging. I don't know if I'm going to have enough groceries and all the things, right? Uh, what I need to be able to get through what I need to get through. And I'm like... You're covered. Amen? And you just need to let us know when you have those needs so that we can come together as a body because there's going to be someone in this room that has a plenty where you have a lack. Amen? And there is not going to be one person in need in this place because God's promises are yes and amen. I think you're getting it, kind of. But you're part of it, right? Are you feeling blessed? I mean, seriously. Are you feeling blessed? If you're blessed, raise your hands. Yeah! Do you think he has some more for you? I just saw a vision of a pole vaulter. Right? The pole is arched, like, rocked back. The vaulter's got his knee in the air, and he's about to go pew. That's us. It's promises of God. Grab a hold of them, church. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. This whole community is going to have a, have a revival onto the Lord. He's starting something. He's fanning something into flame. I don't think it's just happening in this building. I think it's happening in this city. Keep praying, church. Keep speaking it out. Because he rewards those who diligently seek him. Mm. Romans 1.17 this good news, both capitalized, which means the gospel, right? This good news, the gospel, tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Now think about it. If you looked at yourself in the mirror right now and just reviewed your last week or so, I got a sneaking hunch that you would be reminded of a lot of things that you didn't do just right. Uh-huh. It's like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I don't feel so good about myself, and I shouldn't have done that, and why did I do that, and I should have done more of that, and I didn't do all that. You see what I'm talking about? I mean, I've been there more than once in the same day. But to understand the good news of what Christ did for you means that he took everything that you were looking at in the mirror and he took it off of you 
and he placed it on the cross so that you could see yourself as righteous, without spot, without blemish, perfect in his sight. He took everything of an imperfection off of you and put it on himself, and he calls you spotless and blameless. That takes some faith, church. Come on. See what I'm saying? This ain't about feeling. This is about faith. This isn't about a mind game or a wrestling match. This is about having faith in the promises of God. They are yes and amen. And even though I might look at myself and say, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have, I wish I would have done more of, that he would say, I love you just the way you are. And when I hear that voice, I want to shut it down because I deserve punishment or I deserve guilt or I deserve shame. He says, have faith that my promises are yes and amen. You have been purified from all unrighteousness as you stand before me in Jesus' name. Oh, some of you need that this morning. Some of you need that this morning. Christ sees you without spot or blemish. It's mind-blowing. But that's faith in the promises of God. Ooh, it starts and finishes by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. For ever since the word was created... People have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So none of us have any excuse for not knowing God. He like he's screaming creation. He's screaming of himself. That thunderstorm last night was just awesome. And that was like a like a no big, he's God. It's like no big deal. One of our pools, floaties, was in 40 acres away from our house. I had to go find it when the sunrise came up this morning. And I was praising God the whole way. It was just so cool. He showed himself in the lightning that was coming on him. Oh, it's just amazing. You can't deny that. But you can see so many people who have placed their faith somewhere else that are doing everything they, they can to fight against what that looks like. Let's keep going. It says, uh, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish of ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Sounds like evolution. I don't know. Amen? People are worshiping the created versus the creator. Oh, and the, no one has an excuse to deny the creator. Yes, they know God, but wouldn't worship him. This is pretty cool. In Romans 4, 3, it says, For scriptures tell us, Adam believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Now, Adam was here before even the law was given, the Ten Commandments before that, before Christ crucified. But guess what? Abraham heard from God. He believed in God, put his faith in God, and God counted him righteous. Isn't that cool? Like, through faith alone, in God, he would count you righteous. 
But we, in the, in the, after Christ, are able to leverage, if you will, everything that Christ has done for us to be righteous because he's taken everything off, but our faith alone would be counted as righteous in God's sight. Amen? The wages of sin is still death, so Christ had to come and be crucified and raised again, but he was counted as righteous because of his faith. Man, I want my faith to be like Abraham. Let's, think, let's talk about what Abraham's faith looks like. First of all, when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they've earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives. So, promise, so the promise is received by faith. It's given as a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. So again, it's not about your performance. It's believing that he is who he says he is. He did what he said he did. And you line up your sights and your faith on believing that forever in a day. Counting you righteous. For Adam is the father of all who believe. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Come on. Some of you have had your mind set on something. And you were so certain you'd have it by now. And either something that the Lord told you or you sense from somebody speaking it over you other than a dentist. <laughs> but you have it in that place. And it's not come to fruition, so you started to push it aside like, well, maybe not. Maybe, maybe I heard wrong. Maybe that wasn't for me. He's telling us in his word to hold fast to the faith that you've heard from God. He will show himself faithful. In all things, he will show himself faithful. So you need to fan into flame that thing that maybe you've been setting aside and bring it back to front and center and start thanking him for it because he's been teaching you some stuff in the waiting. He wants to rejuvenate and rekindle your faith so that you once again would stand up and say, yes and amen, my life is destined to greatness even. Praise be to God. Fan into flame that which he's put there. He put it there. And when you start praying, the desires of your heart, when they match up with the will of God, you can't fail. But faith will show, just like Abraham did, even when it looks like there's no hope, you place your hope in Christ, and it's a yes and an amen. Abraham, uh, so he kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. I just believe that God just threw it all. He threw it all. He kept giving him that, that, that hope, that vision, that, that thing that was in front of him to keep him going, to keep his resolve. We will have that same thing if we diligently seek him. 
He's trying to show you the light. It's still there. It may seem dark. It may seem like you're not seeing things, but he's there. Look for him. Diligently seek him. Open up his word. Ask him to reveal himself to you. He will confirm his word over and over and over and over and over until he brings to fruition his faithfulness. He starts with faith, finishes with faith. Why does he finish with faith? Because he's faithful. He's going to bring it to fruition. He's doing it now. It will be accelerated as you stand in faith. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us righteous if we believe in him. The one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Amen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 1.20. For all of God's promises, all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes and through Christ our Amen. Yes and amen. I had a precious brother ask me, what's yes and amen? It's like, "Uh uh-huh and uh (laughs) uh-huh. And if you doubt that, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes and amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus came to his disciples and said, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May it be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. Qualifier. But you must believe it will happen. And have no plan B. Oh, have no doubt in your heart. It's so quiet in here, it's awesome. <laughs> I had somebody ask me a couple of weeks ago, he touched on this scripture, and he said, uh, you know, you should clarify with the church that this doesn't mean like if they're wanting a Mercedes, God's going to give them a Mercedes. Well, if God told him he's going to get a Mercedes, I don't, I'm not going to argue with God over that. It's not about what it is. It's about hearing from God. Whatever you hear from God, it's a yes and an Amen. If somebody prophesied over you or spoke over your life and it hasn't come to fruition as of yet, it's a yes and amen. Walk in it. David was king. He was, he was anointed king somewhere around teenage year, 12, something like that. <laughs> he fought Goliath. I think he was in his early 20s. He fought Goliath knowing he couldn't lose because he still hadn't become king. Are you hearing me? That's faith, isn't it? Like he could run straight at that dude knowing that overwhelming victory was his because he was told by God he would be anointed king and he wasn't there yet. So if you've been anointed and something's been spoken over your life, it's yes and amen. It doesn't matter the circumstances of today and whatever it is that you got going on, God's got still stuff he's doing all around you before he can bring that to fruition. Amen. I've prayed that all my kids and my grandkids would come to know the Lord. 
I have seen visions of them with their hands raised to heaven. My son-in-law confirmed it at worship night last week or two weeks ago, said that he saw my kids with their hands raised to heaven. Well, guess what? They're not raising their hands to heaven today, but I know they're going to. Amen? I, yes and amen. Huh and uh-huh. Uh-huh. You guys need some of the same huh and uh-huh? Put them names in there and start speaking it out. Amen? Your dad's going to be fine in Jesus' name. Amen? Yes and amen. The promises of God. Radiation is going to just knock it out. I come against the C word in Jesus' name. It has no chance against the king. Amen? Amen. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. We just stand in faith. In faith. Because we know he rewards those who diligently seek him. And that's Brenda right there. So I just say, anybody got any mountains in your life that you need to have moved? Just maybe a couple of us? Let's start speaking onto them, huh? Yeah, if it lines up with the will of God and you know that it's an obstacle keeping you from God's best, we just speak to that thing and say, be moved. And he says, he will do it. He might do it a shovel at a time. Come on. Does that change our faith? Best not. Yes and amen. That moment will move. Someday you might use a little garden scooper. <laughs> He's moving that mountain. He's already moved it. He's allowing you to see things from his perspective. He says, you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. If you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. He will place those desires on your heart, those yes and amen desires, those promises are there. Matthew 6, 27 says, can you add, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. Don't, they don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? Now come on. He's, this is where the rubbers meet in the road. I don't know how God's going to get my rant for the first of next month, and you're worried about it today. And you're starting already to start manipulating how you're going to get it taken care of. Well, if I go to that person and that person, maybe I could go over here and do this, and maybe I could sell this, and I could do that. And you know what? All of that time, God has said, why worry about it for a heartbeat? But the promises are yes and amen, and I will take care of your every need. I know your need before it comes out of your mouth. And I will supply your needs according to my riches and glory. He has no lack. He only has abundance. So when we turn all of that worry into faith and speak out and thank him and proclaim, this is the God's promises on my life are yes and amen. Thank you, Lord, that my rent is covered in the month of September. It's covered, God. It's covered in your name. What, now what would you have me to do? Now what would you have me to do? And he will take you every step of the way. And his promises at the end of the month, you're going to be there in September 1st and have the money, and you're going to be back in the middle of September, and you're saying, how am I going to do it in October? 
That's us, isn't it? Come on, church. Let's be real. If our faith becomes strengthened and giving him glory for all that he's done, your faith will be boosted. I'm going to jump to Psalm 27, 14. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous, yet wait patiently for the Lord. Romans 15, 4. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. If they were filled right away when you ask, there's no reason for faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So do you see that there's a process in everything we're going through? But it starts and finishes in faith. Hebrews 12, 1, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses of the life of faith, are you living a life of faith? Where a lot of people are watching you. People are evaluating what is the life of faith look like. Let's strip off every weight that slows us down. What kind of things do you think that weight is? It says, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Well, I think anxiety is one of the big ones. I mean, right away we get anxious, we get nervous. I mean, that's as big of a, that's a, big of a testament against your faith as anything is your anxiousness. How am I going to, what am I going to? And if we don't sound any different than your neighbor, what does a life of faith look like? I want to bring God glory in the things that are going on. If I'm short for September, I'm, I'm going to be at my neighbor and I say, you just watch what God does. You watch. I'm standing on faith. He says he's going to do this. You watch and he's going to get the glory. Oh, he's coming in hot. And he's going to show himself. My, I don't care. If you give him glory, he's going to come in hot. I don't worry about September, October, November, or December. All we got today anyway. Let's strip that. He says, uh, let us run with endurance. That's patience, right? And staying strong and courageous. The race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him. Talk about faith. He endured the cross, discarding its shame, and now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't grow weary and give up. Like he knew in his knower that God was going to resurrect him from the dead. God knew that whatever he had to do, God was going to reconcile relationships onto himself by him doing this thing. And man, any time in that if it would have been me out of even Jesus himself said if there's another way I would prefer it amen but he just stood on it and says it's my fa- I know that I know in the place that I know that when I get through this he's going to elevate me to that place of honor that he promised I'll be seated right next to my father again without spot or blemish and I'm going to have my family back yeah so what's the joy set before you that you're enduring we look at Jesus. We shouldn't get too weak or weary. Man, think of what he had to go through. Oh, 
I think I got the bad hand in the deck and everything is against me. And Man, what if Jesus would have said, would you guys just be nice for a while? Everybody's picking on me. You guys all left me. You didn't hear him even say a word when he was slandered for the joy set before him. Oh, it's so cool. Think of the hostility. 2 Peter 3, 8. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. <laughs> I am so grateful for the enduring that I had to do in him. So he showed himself faithful in the toughest things I ever have experienced in my life. If it would have been a, a turnaround like this, I would take so much for granted. But he just, for his, his own patience is what helped me to have the depth of understanding that I have today. If it would have been done like that, I wouldn't have nearly the, 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 the investment. Amen? Seeking, seeing the next step, the next step. Oh, there you are, God. Oh, thank you for that. And there was dry seasons, man. It felt like, oh, God, are you, are you going to show yourself? Are you going to show yourself? And just when I start to kind of have some doubts and stand up again and say, yes and amen, his promises are promises, he showed himself faithful. He showed himself faithful. Rochelle and I are together. We're married. We've been married now for 14 years. And I hope that each and every one of you would have a marriage like ours. I, I mean that with all sincerity. But everyone said it wouldn't work. No, seriously, everyone said this is a mistake. You're, you're, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't equate. But we knew something no one else knew. We knew something no one else knew. And that was God's heart for us as a couple. And we hung on to that. We hung on to the hem of his garment. Did it take some patience? Come on, it didn't happen in a day. We went through some tough stuff. Still have things we're working on. But God, and it's, our relationship is just going to keep getting better because it's a promise of God and we're holding on to the promise and I'm not letting go. I'm speaking over it. Even in the worst of days, if it feels like this, I come against that in Jesus' name. I know God has something greater for us and I'm not going to listen to that lie that's trying to keep us at, in hostage or captive or deceiving us or lying to us about what our future looks like. But you know what? It might take longer than we think. But don't let go, church. Don't let go. Don't let go. Keep the good fight because the fight has been won by him. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. But he wants everyone to repent. Man, I am so grateful. I'd like for him to come today by lunch. <laughs> but I know he's being patient for some of our loved ones. I know he's tarrying for some of our loved ones, some of the ones that we've said yes and amen to. And they're going through a season or a process. 
But even though I don't see it, he's working. Even though I don't feel it, he's working. He's a way maker. He is a miracle worker. And he's doing it. I place my faith there and he will never fail me. Amen. So let's make our, do our part. Let's get rid of all that weight that so easily trips us up. Mainly the sin of anxiety and what about and worry. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with thanksgiving. Present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen? Why wouldn't he? It's a promise. What's our part? Be anxious about nothing. Can you add a single day with your worries? Huh. Take a few away. Amen. So when we get to come up and do communion, I want you to think about this. Prayerfully think about this. What is the promise, or what are the promises that I've sensed that are in my life that haven't come to fruition that I've kind of set aside? Somebody spoke over my life a long time ago that this would be or this would be, and it, it just doesn't seem like maybe that was the thing. Ask him to fan it into flame again today. Ask him to fan it into flame that he would reveal that thing to you. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a lost loved one. Maybe it's a, um, something for your own physical health. Maybe it's something that he's showed you occupationally that you would do one day. Whatever that thing is, it doesn't matter your year, how old you are. Your best days are in front of you. Think of Abraham. I mean, he was thinking, how can my best days, how am I going to be the father of nations when I'm 100 years old? Because of God and his faithfulness. Pete, your best days are in front of you, man. They are. Praise be to God. When you look at the cross, allow him to help you to see yourself the way he sees you so that your faith would be boosted today. Some of you came in here with 